What up, everyone? Welcome again to the latest episodes from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with my boy, Nikki. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. Yeah, all that. Yes, yes, yes. How you been, bro? Better than most. Better than most? Always good, yeah. Always good, always good. Yeah, we're we're, we're ready, leaning towards the end, the last two weeks of uh, the year. Uh, we'll be, we definitely will be taking a one week break uh, between the Christmas and New Year's, so there will be no episodes out. But feel free to catch up on old episodes because coming next year we're gonna have a lot more content, a lot more news coming out with it. So be excited for that. And like that, we need to send this last episode of the year off with some great cap uh, cap with uh, a bang with a bang. What did I say? Capulating. Yeah, I don't know what you were saying. I don't know. What Enco- saying. Encompassing. Encompassing. Encapulating yes. and something like. Something. I heard cap. That's what I, I <laughs> they're Cap's referencing. America. There. Yeah, so we're just going to do a little uh, end of year go out with a bang of 2021 movies uh, in different categories. Uh, we'll start. We'll, we'll have we have a few the standard uh, questions or categories, but we went off a little bit. Had our own fun finding different topics that we could implement into it. Yep, yep. So we'll start off with, uh, you know, we'll start from the from the top to bottom. And all right, so then first off was a favorite movie of twenty twenty one. You want to start it off? So I feel like this is so like I don't know like I want to like give like so like a weird answer maybe something nobody was anticipating. And honestly, I, I, you know, after this weekend, I kind of was like a little bit um, torn between uh, this this movie and the Spider-Man movie. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm sorry, the one that got me, the one that really got me this year was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, man. That's... I'm sorry. Like, that's, it hit every category of nostalgia, sci-fi, story structure, like, you know, being able to send send somebody off properly, like you know, in honor of you know that person. I I I'm sorry. I just I really couldn't even ask for anything more than that movie. So I, that's you know, as far as the best movie for me, that's definitely one. That one. Yes. Yeah. All right. So mine was your opposite, the opposite pick of that one because I I had had Ghostbusters in my movie of the year category anytime anybody said it mm-hmm. until. Spider-Man No Way Home came mm-hmm. and Spider-Man No Way Home took that spot. And not only it's not only because it was a great movie, mm-hmm. but this was one. It had the nostalgia of the other two Spider-Man renditions that they mm-hmm. did. Also, it was the the only well, there's only one that did a third one that sucked that we didn't really talk about Spider-Man 3. This is a great trilogy for Spider-Man that he's ever got. It gave it it gave a little bit of introduction that people might have never seen the Toby or Andrew that got to see like who's that on screen, but if you're a true Marvel fan or comic book movie fan, you either watched it or you introduce your kids into the movie before they even leading up to this so they can understand what was the hype about it. And I get it, trust me, I get it because think about it. Um, you know, everybody talked about Endgame and um, Infinity War, these different things because it. It took a 22, 22 movie uh, arc to, do to create the storyline for this, right? 
But these people were able to somehow do this with movies that had no relation to each other. And all of a sudden, you know, this being Spider-Man 3, yeah. all of a sudden became like literally like the... It's the second highest grossing opening movie of all time. But no, no, just, but like it became, it became the ending of a, what is it? Like a seven, no. Nine. Nine movie arc? No, not nine. Yeah, nine. Well... They say nine because Spider-Man, because they, it, they, it's eight, inc- right? Three Spider-Mans for Toby, two for Garfield and then three for. Yeah. But then some, some people include into the Spider-Verse into that. Well, this didn't really touch anything from there. No, but they, they consider part of the Spider-Man. I guess. But okay, ethos. So let's just say like, basically they were able to turn movies that had no relation to each other into all of a sudden part of the arc, yes. which is amazing. But I get that. But anyways. And then um, this is the only Spider-Man that didn't have its own introductory movie. Intro movie. That, and which was because they were like, they were, we already done it before. Mm-hmm. Let's just continue it from oh, yeah, yeah, later uh, down the line. So we already know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, this movie, because that's, I said, they're a tie. I still don't much. change my answer, though. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't change. I know. This is like a tie for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, well, slight, I think No Way Home is slightly better. No, 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 no Way Home is not better, but I connected it with more because I remember from the journey I went through all the other oh, movies of Spider-Man. You don't have to explain anything past that part because honestly, this is what hits us. These are the movies that, that are right for us. Yes. Because if somebody says that Ghostbusters was not for them, dude, I get it. This was the best movie for, for Nick. That's yes. what I'm saying. No, no, of course, of course. Um, so you know, I get it. All right, so now we get into most favorite movie character. Who do you? I'll go first. I'll go first. So I have a tie. Okay, I have a tie in this one. Mine's is Phoebe from Ghostbusters Afterlife, played by McKenna Grace. Mm-hmm. She was she stole the whole movie. Like she, even though she, it was more revolving around the relationship. Of her, her and her brother and her mom, mm-hmm. they would try to do like almost an ensemble group. But she, every time she was on screen, they they stole the show. Mm-hmm. She just her off cuff comments, her dark humor, everything just to just made her one of my favorite movie characters of twenty twenty one. Second one was Kate, uh, Katie Mitchell from the Mitchells versus the Machine. <laughs> I just love the journey of like she. She was an outcast. She understood she was different and embraced it and found people that were so like-minded like her mm-hmm. that she did anything she can to get to them just because of that. And the journey that she did to, to, to be that grew closer with the family is, is made me one of her, one of my favorite movie characters. Okay. Okay. Um, I kind of gave this answer before and I kind of want to, I don't know, I guess I'm going to stick with it. I mean, I don't know something about this character just really kind of resonated as far as it was just an interesting character like a lot of depth to a very very ultimately it seemed like would be a bland character polka dot man polka dot man yeah because it was yeah. like he had i mean somebody who won such a silly premise in a sense and right you know this guy who creates polka dots and all has all this energy or whatever you would think is just something so silly but then you know just has all this depth to him yeah. like all this like dark depth to him and I don't know, he just resonated with me. I just liked the character. 
So I, I you know, I would always pick somebody maybe likable or somebody who made me laugh the most. But no, that's the one that really got me this year was was a uh, polka dot man. Because we, uh, well, let me just preface this because mm-hmm. of my antics. Because we did a podcast a few weeks ago with BXG podcast, mm-hmm. and my answer for favorite movie character was um, from Nobody. Uh, Odin Becker, yeah. Kurt, Kurt Odenbecker? Odenbecker, Uh um, I I know he's the one. But yeah, Odin Odin Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was my he was my um my favorite movie character, and I guess he got knocked out once Spider Man took place of my favorite movie. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't have, I need I, to, I, I need you. I need to rearrange my my thought process when I take everybody else into account. But yeah, let me just get his name, Bob Odin Odin Kirk. Yeah, sorry about that. I said Odin Odenbacher. Yeah, uh, you're popcorn? all over the place with that. The popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, next, we'll go with you. Is actors that should have been given more to work with. Um. So I was kind of there's some there's a lot of actors I think this year that uh, could have done with more with a better script. Uh-huh. Um. Right. With more direction as far as the movie itself, but the movie that I think. I would prefer to blame it on the script versus the actor in a sense would be Chris Rock's spiral. Okay. Yeah. I really kind of wanted that to be a little better. Like, I don't know, just, I felt like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with his character in general. I just felt like it was nothing for him to really like, there was nothing for him to really do as much as I would have liked. Like, I felt like he could have given more depth to that character. He felt like more of a secondary character. Some, like I just didn't feel like his his uh, his his struggle in it, like you know the whole cat and mouse thing. I didn't feel it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think uh, Chris Rock definitely should have should have got better. Um. Uh, should have should have got some more better material, or maybe I mean I think he's part of writer, which obviously is almost like blaming him. But I don't know. I feel like he if he had better writing, more directing, he definitely would have had a like his his role would have been better in the in that movie because I was really excited about that that series. Yeah. That movie. Uh, mine's was uh, Colin Farrell in mm. uh, Voyagers, because I know it. He was the thing with that was that he was surrounded with such a young cast, and he was one that has the most experience on screen, and but felt like he was given the least amount of screen time or anything to to put, progress the story itself. I felt like he just came in, was there for twenty minutes, and bounced. Like honestly, he. I felt like um, he. As an actor, like lately in the movies that he's been in, he has resonated. Like he has, he has jumped off the screen. So when I, you know, seeing the gentleman and seeing the trailer for for Batman, I'm super excited for that one. To yeah, to see that movie and just like felt like he kind of his character kind of fell flat, or really wasn't really part of the overall story arc the way he could have been. Maybe yeah, yeah. I, I feel you on that. I agree with you on that one. All right, so we'll go on to the next ones. Best movie. Few people saw, or you think people have seen? Well, I mean, it's hard to tell what people see, but based on, it's not the most popular. Let's say that yeah. it's not something that you normally hear about in, in the rankings, whatever, right? Um, I want to say it's a little hokey, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed watching. It was such a cool movie to like, fun one way to watch, and I really don't think a lot of people really know about it too much, uh-huh. um, or really experience it. Is uh, um. Nicholas Cage's Willy, uh, Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I felt like because obviously it's such a silly premise, and you know, it like Nicholas Nicholas Cage has such a a um, 
a back and forth uh, thing with people. Like as far as you know, not everybody resonates with him. Yeah, I feel like he might not. Like it, it, people are probably not gonna give it a chance. No. Yeah, that that movie was a great, a great uh like intro to Nicolas Cage versus versus the uh, machines. No, no, no. no. That's okay. <laughs> It was kind of silly. Like I said, it's silly. It wasn't really like anything crazy good or anything, but I think it was still fun energetic. Oh, okay. Um, but what was yours? I have two. Mm-hmm. So mine's was uh, Vacation Friends. Okay, yeah, you're right. This was with uh, John Cena and um, what was his name? John Cena, uh, Little Royal, mm-hmm. uh, Meredith Hagner, uh uh, Yvonne Ori. Mm-hmm. So they, that was funny. Then the other one, which I think, I think I might use this one as my favorite unseen mo- uh, best movie. Few people have seen was the Paper Tigers. I'm so upset because I was one that can encourage <laughs> you to watch it, and I haven't seen it. Oh my god, so good! It has like a 98 <laughs> on Rotten Tomato. Really? Yes. Oh man. So th- that movie is pretty much the premise is that these three best friends were super more like amazing martial artists they will challenge other gyms and other competitors around town to be the best in the world so they're like let's take go to japan and compete and then you fast forward like 20 30 years later they're middle-aged men and uh their sensei passed away and they're just trying to revenge his death but these are rust they're so like they're out of the game for so long that they're super rusty (laughs) And trying to get back into it, it was it was phenomenal. It's it's worth the watch. You have to watch it, like I, literally. I think it's so funny that I was to encourage you to watch it, and then you encourage me to watch. Yeah, but I'm gonna have to check it out. But I think another one, just so I can add this last one, because this was my secondary uh, mm-hmm. choice in the matter, was uh, Space Sweepers. I haven't seen that one. Wow, that was such a you really didn't see it coming kind of movie. It was like it was so good, um, you didn't really think it was gonna be that good. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, it was a space uh, sci-fi Korean movie, and and I'm all about foreign movies, and especially sci-fi. I don't know why I didn't get to watch it. I don't know, but it's on Netflix, I think. Yeah, it is. But you definitely should watch it. It's a definite. Uh, it was a good movie, and I think a lot of people probably don't because I don't even know how I found out about it. But I don't think a lot enough people give it credit. Okay. So definitely, I would suggest to watch it. All right, next we go on to best cameo in a movie. Let's okay, see. I'm gonna let you do it first. Go ahead. Our minds. This one was very quick, and I, I don't want to say unexpected. You you kind of saw it coming based on the movie itself. So mine's was Chris Evans in Free Guy. Yes. Okay. So this one because he's because he had Alex Trebek. I think he had the. The Rock at one point in it, but this one is just say there's a scene that he's fighting this like muscular, uh, buff, like almost a point of Lou Ferrigno size Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. in Free Guy, and then he pulls up his little uh, wristband and he pulls out the uh, shield, Cap's shield. Yeah, no, and you sorry. hear the music, and you're like, oh my god, he has Cap's shield, he has the music, yeah. and all of a sudden you go, it goes very meta, and it goes straight to to Chris Evans' character, like. Uh-huh. What the? And then it just cuts off into the next scene. I'm like, just that moment itself was like, that's a great cameo. <laughs> so I don't know if this one's considered a cameo because it's a, uh, how do I put this? 
he it was not it was like part of the movie, but you, you never really thought they were gonna show him. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to, but it was it was a part that really got me as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. It was um, let's see, it was uh, Harold Ramis in oh. Ghostbusters because I did not think they were gonna actually show him. And when they did, it was just like, what? Like, it, it was so awesome. So he's a CGI. He's a CGI C- character, C- yes. CGI so, cameo. CGI cameo, but... And obviously the movie was you know, about him, but I just really did not... It was even though it's not show. him in it, I respect the choice. I respect that choice because... Uh, I'm going to start tearing up again about this. <laughs> so, okay. All what right. you got next? Next one is, a what was a great trailer... But the movie was a big disappointment. I'm trying to, you know, it's yeah. so it's so hard to kind of like recall trailers, um, so well to be able to say like, man, I was so excited for this one, or whatever. Yeah. So I'm kind of just gonna go with one that I think had a lot of hype, and it's it was not as good as every like it, it was good in parts, but I don't think it was as good as people thought it would have been. Yeah. But the trailer that did sell you on something better, I think. Yeah. Um, so the movie that I was thinking about was uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, yes. That's a good... I didn't even think about that because that was... Yeah. Because again, you know what it, it is? It was, it's, I hate to say that it was a bad movie because it really technically was. It had a lot of good stuff in it. So it was hard to say it was a bad movie, but it had... Like basically the best parts were the what you saw in the trailer, so that made it seem like the whole movie was that Gonna good. Gonna be that hyped up. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how I figured that would have been especially that part where they showed you the first five minutes, or whatever. Yeah. You're thinking, man, this is so well done. The whole movie should be like this, but it wasn't. No. Huge letdown. Alright, so for my choice, this is another movie that um yeah, it, it had all the hype that that was being sold for it. And the trailer was great because it sold. And it starred uh, Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. So you know where I'm going with this one. It's uh, The Tomorrow War. <laughs> I'm always going to put that movie down anytime I get. Any chance I get. I, you know, I was so just because it was, it Just because it was a great, a great trailer, great concept, just bad execution. You know, okay, so I know you guys, we had mentioned this before in regards to it being a, a great concept. I don't know. You know what it was that, that got me about that movie that I really, even if they executed it better it didn't resonate with me was how casual the world did what was asked like i found that like i mean you're sending people to war and they were just going to come back like nothing happened Mm -hmm. i found the the concept so bizarre like you're sending people to war and like they're just supposed to come back and live a normal life like it really felt weird in that concept (laughs) so that's why i'm like I don't know when people tell me it was a great concept. It was an interesting concept. I just don't know. Like, even if they executed that well, I can't picture how, you know, it's super cool to just be able to be like, yeah. 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 So you're going to war for seven days. And he's going to go, you know, just don't die. And when you come back, you live a normal life. Like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> something about it just felt bizarre. But anyway, continue. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So that was yours. Yeah. Okay. So what's the next? All right. The next one was uh, best remake. Okay. Even if it's unnecessary. Okay. Uh, My choice. I'll start it off on this one. My choice was Cruella. Okay. 
I think good, good remake, good uh, reimagining, kinda, reimagining of the character, and the story, and everything else. Yeah, Emma, um, Emma, uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone killed it. Killed it. Yep. In that, loved her character in the movie. Yeah, I think I think this is one of the very few remakes that I could say I enjoyed, mm-hmm. and especially being one that is a live a live Disney uh, adaptation, live action yeah. Disney adaptation. I know they haven't been getting the best press. I mean. It's kind of hit and miss, but I think that one was definitely. I think a hit. this is the this. I if I could think correctly, this might be the biggest hit because even though, I think the one that would follow up with it mostly would be Beauty and the Beast. You think so? Or M- Mulan, maybe, just because. Well, Beauty and the Beast, because I think they were they went. I felt like they went, like frame by frame, like they tried to recreate the whole movie how it was animated into the live action with some scenes cut in just to make the to increase the story I think this had the best balance I guess because yeah. um I think in my my just my just my opinion um let's see okay going down the list let's say um Aladdin had great parts to it obviously I think Will Smith killed it yeah um obviously some parts just didn't resonate as much um I think um, but I think they didn't change another. Beauty and the Beast. They didn't change any of the songs. I think they kept no. all of them. No, it's fine. I just. I no, mean, I'm but his roma- pe- your imagining of the same character was. Yeah, awesome. but I think in Aladdin they changed songs. Okay. In Lion King they changed songs. I think Lion King was just a surprise. I think they did such a good job. I think they should have done a musical movie. Like no, but I think they did. I think the problem with uh, Lion King it was that they were, you know, they're animated characters and they went to CGI, which is dude, they did such an impressive job, but it was so difficult to because it was so good. It was hard to emote the emotions. To, to connect with the characters. Well, well, yeah, it's hard for the characters to emote emotions, I guess is the word. Yeah. So for, because they look like actual live animals. Um, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, I think, was overall well accepted, but it was kind of like mediocre when you think about overall. Like, I think overall. it was good. I think it was good, but I don't think it was like great. No, no. Um, I see. And then I think Mulan gets a lot of hate. I don't think it was as... I don't think people. I think people are just way too critical on that one. Yeah, it was good. Was, I was really happy with it. I, I, think was, it was I enjoyed good, it. Yeah, I think it will fall in my top five or mm-hmm. top three of uh, live action uh, adaptations. But what's so, yours? I'm I'm curious to find out where you picked Dune. Yeah, I think it was a great because I re- I remember watching the original. The story's been that that Can story I say fuck is. You, those are good <laughs> I think the story was just so complex. So for them to be able to redo it and then kind of do it in a way where you guy you get it. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just I felt the acting, the storytelling, the the building, like for the the what they're about to create. I think oh my god, everything casting. I mean, I can go down the list. Uh, the, yeah. the, the the way things looked. I thought it was. I mean, especially com- if you compare it to the the one that was most popular back in the eighties, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this killed it. This killed oh yeah, it. yeah. So definitely, my best remake was uh, Dune. All right. So the next one is I want to is best gym. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. sorry. Just, yeah. The best motivator to hit the gym. <laughs> what is your choice on that one? Uh, Frank Grillo and Boss Level. Ooh, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. That's because most of the the, mo- the movie always starts with him waking up in his bed without a shirt, and I'm like, dude, this guy's. Ridiculously ripped. That's all I can think about. I was like, damn, he's ridiculously ripped. Obviously, even for his age, I think he's just insane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Frank Grillo from uh, Boss Level really made me like look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing in my life? Yeah, mine was <laughs> similar to that. It was uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, the martial arts 
and the really? fight scenes. Because I'm I'm big into fight movies or movies that encompass some type of choreography with it. And I, I could, a little I, bit, I could I could kind of like relate. The only thing is, is like I don't know. I feel like big guys can still do martial arts. I don't know. Yeah. So, I, but it, but like, didn't make me like it. Just made me want to practice. He, he just he he did have a shirt off though. True that. So. so. He's like, <laughs> if you work out like him and become an assassin, then yeah, an assassin. <laughs> All right, so that that was the that was the one, the biggest, the biggest motivator to hit the gym. Okay. All right. Next is the best best movie twist. I don't know why I blanked on this one a little bit. I have I have one for that one. You Go blanked ahead, on you that one? No, it's not that I blanked. I just couldn't remember all the movies that I saw that had a twist to it. I guess for some reason I couldn't recall them all. But so you're um, blank. You don't have anything for that. No, one? no, I do. I have. I got one. I just go. feel like I just. No, no, no. You go first. No, I'll let you go first. Okay. So, because I really, I feel like there's other movies, but for some reason the one that just kept on coming up because I guess it's most recent in my memory. Yeah. Was uh, a Night in Soho. A Night in Soho. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did not, uh, especially because you know they build up to, to kind of who the, the 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 big bad is in a sense yes. of what who the girl has to deal with. So when you realize who the actual bit bad is, it was like, whoa, where did that come from? Nice. So, yeah, I think the Night in Soho kind of got me. Uh, my biggest movie twist was Sweet Girl with Jason Momoa. You know, that's what I'm saying. I blanked on all the twists. That was a that, huge one. That was, a, that was, I think. That was a movie maker. That was a movie. Yeah, that was a movie making twist. Yeah. If you're unaware, I will spoil it for you now. I did, we did do a full spoiler review. Uh, the movie follows uh, Jason Momoa. And uh, his daughter going after the person that killed his wife, right? If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and come to find out is throughout the whole entire movie, you see Jason Momoa go through this fighting people, driving cars, driving away, and comes to find out that this is all his daughter doing. That she just she almost like a, has split personality. That she embodied her dad's, uh, I guess persona i want to say mm-hmm. or you see everybody you see through the eyes of through the third person but you've seen the uh, jason momoa's character to go throughout the whole film doing all these acts of violence and, and this total sense of revenge and then you find out that it was the daughter the whole time it was a great twist no no it was one that like i said it was a, it was a movie making twist yeah all right next one is best horror movie for non-horror fans Oh, I just picked best horror movie, but best horror movie for non-horror fans. Yes. I still think I picked a good one. I still think I picked a good one. So, okay, I didn't pick a movie, even though there was a lot of good horror movies this year. I didn't pick a horror movie. movie. I picked one that I really got into. I think a lot of people really got into that it was horror. Fear Street. I've never seen it. The the series? Yeah. The limited series, the three-part. Damn. I have not seen it yet. Yes. Well, please <laughs> check it out because it was a good, especially for people that maybe don't watch horror movies as much. I thought it was a great homage to original horror movies. I yeah. think it was a good introduction, something that'll get you in it and maybe not even not be as uh, grotesque as other movies. Yeah. But it'll definitely like freak you out a little bit. All right. So mine, I have two. Mm-hmm. And this one you already referenced already. Mm-hmm. It was uh, my first one was uh, Willie's Wonderland with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that was his fun. Yeah. And I, and I think what I went with this, when I picked this movie, oh, the two movies, what I really went with is something that in, embodies horror, mm-hmm. but it has a comedic side to it that is very lighthearted, 
that you could enjoy while having a couple of laughs with it. Yeah. So you're not like it's not scary throughout the whole movie. So, sure. so yeah. So the first one was Willy's Wonderland, and the other one was Werewolves Within. Which, I don't know what that was. That really considered a horror movie? That was comedic horror. It was, I guess. Yeah, I was like in my head. I'm like, was it really horror? It was. It was. It was like fifty fifty <laughs> comedy and horror. Okay. But this is has an, it's based off a video game, uh, a PC game it, mm. that you somebody's a werewolf and you have to find who it is within your group. And this one. It takes it like almost. It felt like a little bit like Clue, because you're trying to find who done it. Mm-hmm. But they they just ramped it up to like a great ensemble. Everybody had their own personality in this movie. Yeah, that it was just enjoyable. So I think anybody that's not a horror fan mm-hmm. could watch this movie and be like, oh, I could see the horror sense of it, but it's more comedic, so I could enjoy it throughout the whole movie. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Next one is most likable supporting character in a movie. Um, I'm gonna say the actress's name, and then I'll tell you which movie it was. Okay, because that's how good the character. That's how good the actress is. Okay, Aquafina. Okay, in mm-hmm. as a dragon in uh, Su- uh, Sisu. Sisu. Sisu the dragon. Oh, what was the name of that movie? Um, Raya. Raya, yeah. The Last Dragon. Yes, I loved because I mean I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say Aquafina in, in uh, um, Ten Rings, yeah, but I was like no 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 like her role in in the Dragon movie just it had me rolling the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, that was my best my my favorite character and supporting actor character is um, Aquafina. Okay. So my selection. Which is funny because you could also consider it a remake. Mm -hmm. And this is a comic book movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this was Cyborg from the Snyder Cut. I picked him as a side, as a supporting character because mostly all the whole film revolves around uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. Okay. And they left the Flash and Cyborg as secondary characters in the whole movie. But the way that even though I'm not a big fan of the movie, the way that this movie gave more light and more depth to Cyborg's character mm-hmm. made you like him as a whole, as a character itself yeah. in the movie. That's what I think. I'm like, they gave him, they did more. No, they ju- definitely they gave, gave him, him a lot, lot more. more, gave him a lot more and, and gave justice to the character itself yeah. that you liked him more. And like he was more likable because before it felt like he was, just he was just uh, there for tech yeah he was that's it and now this one gave him more personality more depth a lot more things to hold you could grasp onto with this movie with uh the snyder cut so that's why that was my most likable supporting character in a movie yep yep all right so two more categories before we send you off guys next one is what's the best crowd pleasing moment of 2021 I I feel bad because I'm gonna bring it up again. Go, Ghostbusters, when Hal Ramis came in, hold uh, helped her hold the uh, the blaster. Also, you going with your favorite movie moment from your favorite movie? I think that the was moment. just the best crowd pleasing. Like, that's fine. That's the like, that was just ultimate. Like, you're in the, if you were in that movie, and you were enjoying it. That brought you over the top. That was the over the top scene in yeah. that movie. 
And funny enough, mine is from my favorite movie of this year. Mm-hmm. And that's the scene where Toby, Andrew, and Tom Holland's characters, the Spider-Mans, are swinging together, like, tandemly, and swinging off each other while mm-hmm. they're fighting the Sinister Five, I guess. Because there was no six men in that fucking movie. But yeah. So that was my crowd-pleasing moment of mm-hmm. 2021. Okay. All right. So now we end up, now that we wrapped up 2021, we always have to look forward to what's coming out next year. So now we have, what movie are you looking forward to in 2021 that's outside any comic book movies? Because we, we could name all the comic books movies that are coming out. But let's keep it a little bit. Let's see what's outside there. Yeah, I misread the question because I thought it said comic book, like inside the comic book. Outside of the comic book. You know what? I'll start off. Go ahead. So I have two. Uh, The first one is um, Operation Fortune. Uh, Ruz de... How does it say? Ruiz de Guerra. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. And it's going to be starring uh, Jason Statham, R.G. Plaza, Josh Hartnett, and Hugh Grant. Uh, so, I think I saw the trailer for that, but I'm like, they I had a trailer, a small trailer out for it. I think I did see the trailer, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it sold me like that. Like, well, I'm, anything Guy Ritchie, I'm excited to watch because he always has. No, this, no, yeah, Guy Ritchie's my my definitely somebody. He, he's I, your I go-to follow. character. Yeah. He's go-to. my my one go-to director. Yeah. So yeah, so the next one, my other last movie, is the Adam Project, and this one is about no trailer out, but the premise so far is a man. And this is funny because it tackles almost the same sense as uh, Tomorrow Tomorrow War. Okay. So a man travels back in time to get help from his younger self to confront their late father. And so the, this is all like emotional aspect of it, or is it like an actual? So, so let, let, let me set you off with the director of this movie is uh, Sean Levy. Okay. And he's done Big Fat Liar, Cheaper by the Dozen, the, uh, the Night at the Museum series, uh, Real Steel, Stranger Things, and Free Guy. Okay. But here's, here's the best part about it. The cast is what got me. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, let's, let's see what's... So Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana, Mark Ruffalo... Catherine Keener and I think I'm trying to remember who was, there was one more. Uh, Catherine Keener, I think that was it for for that casting or um, the Adam Project. But okay. yeah, so go ahead. I'm sorry. So yeah, so that alone, I'm like, yes, Brian Reynolds in it, and yeah, I'm I'm just super stoked about it. So I mean, see. okay, so like for me. Um, I think the, I mean, I'm trying to, thing is, I feel bad because I, I genuinely watch almost every movie. I love movies and I hate that sometimes I, I just succumb to my own nostalgic nature because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not nostalgic with anything person in my personal life. For some reason, movies, I, I love like when they reference old stuff. So yeah, I can't, I, I want to say Hannah Hocus Pocus too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like super excited to see that. Also, obviously, like I said before. Uh, the second one would be Orphan, uh, the first. Yeah. And again, not, not even that I think that movie's going to be that good. I'm just really curious to how, they, how they're how able to execute what they're trying to do. Yeah. Which sure. is a movie a movie that's 14 years old at this moment, 
and using the same actress who was, I don't even think she was a little girl in the movie, um, but to play a little girl again, but and this time it's a prequel. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know how they're going to accomplish that. <laughs> and I'm curious to see how it happens. So those are my two most anticipated movies of the year. Of 2022. Yes. All right, guys. Just want to see. And that's how we wrap it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the last episode of From My Mom's Garage for 2021. We do have a movie episode, but this is the last discussion topics. And just want to say thank you for thank you for hanging with us all year. Thank Eight. you for getting to know us. Thank yeah. you for listening. And we, I hope, you know. We we hope that you could keep listening to us. And if you have any suggestions or any topics you want us to discuss, please let us know. And like that, you can always find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at From My Mom's Garage. Or you can even email us at FMMG fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, when we start next year, we'll, I'll be giving out Nick's phone number so you could call him directly if you need to. And like that, guys, (laughs) tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week and next year.